Hi friend, if you love the information you hear in the podcast, then you will love the free mini series of videos that I've put together just for you. It's all about the biblical blueprint for health and teaches you exact principles I've taught to thousands of Christian women that result in weight loss, better sleep, increased energy, clearer skin, and sharper brains. You can go to thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries to grab this free set of short, powerful teachings that will show you how to create better health God's way. It's at thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries. Go check it out now. Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hey friend, welcome back to the club. I am so happy you're here today. Thank you for spending this time with me. I thought that today I would share with you my metabolic strategy. And it really is a strategy. It's a system. It's habits that I've put in place to achieve my health goals. I recently went through this, I guess you would call it a a self-improvement course. I love doing that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's important. But what I had to do was look at different areas of my life, 12 different categories of my life, including health and fitness, spiritual, career, financial, parenting, all these major life categories. And I had to define what I believe about those myself in those categories kind of define who I want to be in those different categories and then list strategies of how I'm going to achieve that what does it take to become and be that person and so as I was thinking about this I thought oh I might share this with you to get you thinking about what you put in place to achieve your health and fitness goals what is your strategy have you even thought about it that way? What are the systems that you do? What do you put in place? So I've kind of boiled it down to five major things that I do, and I thought I would just run through those and share them with you today. All right. So number one, I stay low carb. Okay. Staying low carb to me, and this is what we do in Feast of Fast, is staying between about mm, under 75 grams, 50 to 75 grams of carbs generally, ish. I'm always ishes with numbers. I don't like numbers. I don't like counting. Um, If you know me, I don't like scales. I don't like counting calories. I don't like, you know, like measuring out food. But to give it a number, just to give guidelines, I say about 50 to 75 grams of carbs. Now, That's where I generally like to stay, um, you know, stay there fairly consistently. 
That doesn't mean that I don't blow that out every once in a while. That's what feast days are for. Um, but generally speaking, I stay low carb. I stay in there. Um, again, I don't measure. I usually just kind of eyeball. At this point, I know what I'm doing. So I'm basically kind of eyeballing and mentally tallying in my head about um, where I am in my carbs throughout the day. If you're just getting started um, and in feast to fast, I give them a list of kind of common things that you might eat and say, you know, a half a cup of sweet potatoes is this many carbs and that kind of thing. You can easily Google that information and just kind of keep track as you go. But generally speaking, I stay low carb, not super low carb, not keto, because that is not sustainable to me. Keto is going to be under like 30 grams of carbs. And that just long term, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> you know, um, you have like a sweet potato or a glass of wine in, or, you know, um, a banana and you just kind of blew your wad of carbs. And that's just not going to cut it for me. I've got to do something that I can live with for forever. So I stay generally low carb. It feels good to me. Um, and again, I just kind of um, stay in that place without being just overly um, stressed about about the numbers, but that's the range I stay in. Okay, so that's number one, stay in low carb. Number two, I walk daily. It is my favorite thing to do. That's my major form of exercise, y'all. I go for a walk um, about an hour and I listen to podcasts. And if I didn't have anything else to do with my day, I would do that all day long. It just makes me so happy. Again, that is my major form of exercise. Um, sometimes I will add a sprint in there. I do that about once a week. I'll do sprints twice if I'm really getting on it. I, I wish I did it more often. I don't, but doing sprints is just one of the best ways to burn fat. Um, I'm not a runner. I'm just, I've never have been. I do not like to run. I used to have FOMO because all my friends do the, you know, they'll do like 5Ks or the little 10K or a marathon and they would go away and train together and do all these things. And it made me kind of sad, <laughs> you know, now I'm like, I, I'm not sad. I just, cause I, you know, when I thought about it, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want any part of that. I'm happy for them. I do not like running. And so I'm not going to force myself to do that. What I love is walking. And so that is what I do. Um, it's funny cause I'm finding myself more and more in my work, having to sit throughout the day and like work on the computer or talk to clients. And so I was telling my husband, I was like, you know, I really need, I want need is I don't need, but what I want is a, um, a walking treadmill desk. So I don't know if you've seen that, but you, you know, you get a treadmill and it has a desk set up on it and you work while you're walking. I mean, you go super slow because I know that could be disastrous, right? But you go super slow, almost imperceptibly walking. And so I was telling my husband about this and he, he was trying to talk me into a Peloton bike. Is that how you say it? A Peloton. It, he loves to bike ride. That is his thing. He, um, he rides his bike all over the ranch. He's got his helmet and he has his clip pedals, his little special shoes. He's really into it. He's got a pretty expensive bike and he's kind of traded in his horse. In case y'all don't know, my husband's a rancher. He's a cattle rancher. Um, and he's kind of traded in his horse for a bike. And so he, it's so cute. He will go check the cattle on, on his bike 
that's pretty funny. Um, but anyway, he's a big bike rider and he's always trying to get me to ride a bike. And I'm like, you know, you do you, babe, gonna do me. <laughs> I love walking. Um, but anyway, so we're in this, dis having this discussion and he's like trying to talk me into a Peloton bike probably cause he really wants one. Um, and we were, I'm not going to say we had a heated, uh, argument. It wasn't heated at all, but it was just ongoing. And I, I was like, we just, I, I was like, why are you trying to talk me into something I don't want to do? And you know, but I wouldn't let it go. I was like, why am I holding on to these horns so long? Like we, we talked about it for like an hour and it was just, you know, I was getting really irritated and I was, why? why are we still talking about this? That's very unlike me to usually I'm like, whatever, let it go. And then the next day I started my period. So I was like, ah, oh, I see. I was in the irritable mood and I was in a fighting mood, even though I went and fighting, I was, you know, not letting it go. And then that made sense. So anyway, sorry, that's a little TMI for you. But my whole point of that is, is do what you love to do, no matter if it's something different from your friends or your husband or whatever. Um, movement in general is just so important and whatever you love to do, do it. Okay. So that is a part of my metabolic strategy on the daily, um, is just walking movement, movement. And it's a great way for me to get outside and just out of the, out of the house, out of my work zone and just kind of change things up. It's good for my mind. Okay, so number three, my metabolic strategy is intermittent fasting. You probably could have guessed that one. Um, so yeah, so I am practicing intermittent fasting anywhere from 12 to 16 hours during the week. Now, um, I don't, some, some programs will call for you to fast for like 16 hours every single night or I don't do that. I just have to do everything that's going to work for me sustainably. You're going to hear that a lot from me. Um, it's one thing I really want to impress upon you is you have to make these things work for you in the long term or it's not going to happen. So um, for me during the week, I can fast usually 15 or 16 hours, 14 to 16 hours pretty easily. Um, it just works better during the week for me to have my longer fast because that's when we're really busy in my house. Um, the kids have all their activities and I can usually get in an earlier dinner. On the weekends, you know, it's things are different. My husband is often grilling out at the ranch. He's kind of in charge of the main part of the meal. And that can't be rushed, y'all. Can't rush, you know, a good grilling. So, um, you know, I just let that go. And we eat later. And often we'll have his parents over for dinner. And I'm drinking wine. And I'm not looking at the clock. And I'm not worried about it. And so I will have shorter fasts, some, you know, closer to 12. Sometimes it might even be 10, depending on what's going on. Um, and I don't stress about it. That's just, that is what it is. It's the flow of my life and it works well. But there is a regular practice of intermittent fasting as part of my metabolic strategy. And y'all, it's just one of the easiest things that you can do um, to help keep your metabolism really working efficiently. Um, no matter where you are with your quote unquote diet, um, I don't like that word either, you know, um, no matter where you are with that, maybe you're having trouble, like just really getting, <laughs> getting your food plan on, um, then start with fasting. No, no matter if you don't have your food nailed down yet, get your fasting on. It is just so wonderful. And you guys, it's free. This is the coolest thing about fasting. It is free. You don't have to buy it. You are in charge of it. You can say 
when and how long you want to do it. Um, and so it is just such an easy tool to use. So that's definitely a good one. Okay, number four. I define my, I guess call them power foods. Um, and I want you to think about this as well. I define the foods that really work for me, that make me feel good, both like in my gut, in my belly, you know, um, in my body, in my mind, in, and as far as my mind goes, just as far as, you know, promoting clear thinking and also just promoting good feelings. Like I'm not feeling bad about eating any of this stuff I'm about to share with you um, because most it is healthy. They're healthy, but still um, there are healthy foods that really don't work for me. So I'll just dive in to show you what I mean. So these are my power foods. These are the foods that make me feel really good. And I just run on really good fueled energy when I eat these. And that includes eggs, water, of course, we all need to have water as a power food, eggs, water, leafy greens um, of all kinds, spinach, kale, arugula. I try to mix it up. It's good to kind of mix up your greens. Um, sweet potatoes, meat, you know, all kinds of meat, fish, avocados, olive oil, onions. Those are kind of the solid, you know, healthy things that really do me right. And then also on top of that, um, chocolate. And I'm talking like, you know, a good dark chocolate, not, you know, not a Mars bar, not a candy bar. Um, wine. Okay. I'm not saying that... <laughs> I'm not saying like that's the best thing for my mental clarity, but I can drink a few glasses of wine and feel good. And, um, and it just also adds to my, you know, my pleasure in the week. So wine, coffee, and cheese, if I don't eat too much cheese. But those are kind of the foods that I love, that I embrace, that if I would just kind of stick to those, I feel amazing. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Um, some of those I would consider a heck yeah, like chocolate and wine. If you've been through Feast of Fast with me, you know that we're really big about defining our heck yeah foods. Um, and, but those are the ones that if I would just really, when I include those, I don't feel deprived. I feel wonderful. My body feels good. Um, and I think that's important. Now there are some foods that are healthy that don't make me feel that great. Nuts are one of them. Um, that could have something to do with the portion, <laughs> a portion control issue. <laughs> um, I love nuts. I love the way they taste a little too much, but I will tend to overdo them, you know, and then I get what's called nut gut, you know, where you just, um, have that sense of that food just hanging out in your belly. What I like to remind people about nuts is that when we find them in nature, they usually come in some kind of shell, um, that we have to crack open, peel away a shell, you know. Um, and that's kind of built-in portion control. That's kind of nature's way of saying, hey, these, you don't eat a ton of them. You can't rip through them. You eat them slow. But when we buy them in the grocery store, they're already out of the shell and it's just way too easy to throw them back. And that's what I tend to do. So um, nuts, every time I eat nuts, you know, they just kind of clog me up to be quite frank with you. <laughs> Again, TMI is my middle name. So sorry, if you're going to be listening to this, these things are going to pop out. Um, okay. The other thing like Brussels sprouts. Oh my gosh. Brussels sprouts are so good for you. I love Brussels sprouts. Again, I think there's, a, that's a portion problem too, for me, because I love them so much. I could eat like a whole bag of them. 
Um, and even though something is good for you, we do have to remember that portion matters. You know, um, it can just be too overwhelming on the gut. And so when I eat some of those cruciferous veggies, if I eat too many of them, they just, they really, they don't make my belly feel very good. And so, um, you know, again, that's kind of a portion issue, but generally speaking, I don't add them to my superpower foods because it all kind of goes together. You know, as far as power foods for me, like what can I eat that makes me feel good that I'm not going to just totally overdo it um, and that kind of thing. So I would ask you, what are your power foods? You know, define those foods that really work for you. What do they work for your metabolism? They make you feel good. They make you feel... Um, like, you know, not deprived, you know, when I eat that stuff, I don't feel deprived. I feel great. So those are defining my power foods. And while we're here in power foods and talking about things you're eating, um, I would also ask you to, to think about the things that you eat on the daily, um, and make sure that you are buying those, the highest quality form of those things. You know, like I have coffee, um, every day. I have eggs almost, you know, at least four or five times a week for breakfast. Um, so those are things like I'm going to buy organic coffee because coffee is, you know, one of the most pesticide crops. And so if I'm going to put it in my body every day, then I by darn better get one of the highest quality forms of it, you know, so at least buy some organic coffee eggs. If I'm going to eat that so often, I want to get the most nutrients out of that. I want eggs from chickens that were out pecking on worms and, you know, little grasses and things, seeds, stuff out, um, you know, in nature and not one that's been cooped up without any sunlight cramped and eating some kind of gross genetically modified corn and soy, right? So whatever you're eating regularly, make sure you buy the highest quality form of that. I would kind of think about your top five foods in that category and just really commit to buying, um, you know, a good version of that. Just upgrade your version. Okay, so that is number four. The last one is really kind of a, a phrase, a mantra, um, just something to live by. And I use, I still use this term. I, you know, you've probably heard me say progress, not perfection. But I think almost more importantly than that, I think I'm going to change my phrase <laughs> to consistency. Consistency, not perfection. Okay. It is what we do consistently that will get us progress. Okay. So consistency precedes progress, but it is being consistent in what you're doing that is going to lead you to your best self, no matter where, what it is, what goal it is, it, you know, health and fitness or like I said, all these life categories that I, you know, did in this, um, this self-help class, this self-improvement class, parenting, um, marriage, um, spiritual, you know, whatever it is, are you consistently reading the Bible every day? Are you consistently, um, are you consistent with your kids? That's one of the things I had to write down um, for my parenting one is being consistent. When I say something, following up, being consistent, because I can get lazy, y'all. <laughs> That's, this is like a topic for a whole nother time, but yes, um, just being consistent. If we're talking about health and wellness, you are not going to be perfect. Okay. You're not going to be perfect. The important thing is, is when you're not to not let that completely derail you. I think one thing that I, I, 
is one thing good about me, if I have to say something that is a strength of mine, is that I am practical and consistent. I am not a, I'm not one to tend to extremes. I'm not a super black and white person. I'm going to throw my best friend Christy under the bus here. She won't care. Um, cause she's kind of one of those people that is very, you know, it's black or white. She's either on or off, you know, there's no gray, there's no middle ground. And she is really working through, by the way, I made her do this, um, the self-improvement life class with me, or she was so mad at me, but anyway, <laughs> she did it. <laughs> um, but that's the thing she's had to, you know, work through for herself is, um, is finding that place of consistency when she is not being in that quote unquote perfection, you know, um, because you can be perfect sometimes. Yeah. You can, you can dial in your diet and be perfect for two weeks and then you can throw in the towel and be just completely off the rails for two or three weeks. Right. And just trash your body. And so if, if that's your consistent, if that's your MO, like, you know, basically yo-yo dining on two weeks, off two weeks, you know, trashing, that is that, that's what you're going to get. So consistency is the key here. And um, these Bible verses, these are some Bible verses that come to mind when I think of this. One is Proverbs 12, 27 that says, the diligent man will get precious wealth. And Proverbs 20, 21 says, an inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will not be blessed in the end. So the first one, the diligent man will get precious wealth. Well, there's so many times the Bible's talking about wealth and, um, and I'm always substituting health. For one, I believe our greatest wealth is health. Um, but you can easily substitute that there. That's how God puts the lens over my head. Every time I read the Bible, all I see is health and wellness and nutrition. <laughs> um, and it's true. It's that being diligent in what you're doing, being consistent, that is going to get you precious health. Okay. Precious wellness. So that's really important. And then the other one, an inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Y'all, this is just, you know, this is for the person who is got like shiny object syndrome. This is the person who is going from diet to diet, seeking the magic pill. Okay. Like you, what's the next shiniest diet ahead of you? Well, I'm going to do that. Um, you know, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do this. And you're jumping around in different diets. Um, but it's, you know, everyone's looking for the answer in, in the diet, in the new plan. But the key, well, number one, well, let's just look in that Bible verse that says, you know, if it's gained hastily in the beginning, it will not be blessed in the end. So, you know, if be wary, obviously, of anything that promises you some crazy, ridiculous results really quickly. Um, because that is not probably something that you're going to be able to maintain. And you're probably, um, it's probably, again, not going to be sustainable. So there's that. But um, just the fact that if you're constantly chasing different things, the answer is not there. The answer in is in what you do consistently, right? The answer to your long-term health and wellness or your long-term parenting strategy or your long-term um, spiritual health is what you do on a daily basis, what you build into your life. What is your strategy? What is your system? What is your habit? 
And so this, these are the things that I have really been um, thinking on and trying to share with my people in the Christian Health Club that just really building your life around these good, consistent habits and strategies um, from, and, and these are really general, the ones I shared with you today. And these are the ones that, that work for me. But, um, you know, I try to employ these in lots of different ways. There's always ways that I'm trying to look in my day. How can I make this easier? How can I make this a habit? How can I make this just um, kind of more on automatic pilot where it is, it is ingrained in me. It is my thing. I mean, an, a little example of this is that I put my probiotic beside my bed each night and because I always take a glass of water to bed with me. And now it is my habit to take my probiotic with my water at night. I don't even think about it. It's just there. And so these are the things that we just put in place that after, you know, once they become habits, they become your system, they become your new norm. And it's that consistency in doing them that, um, that makes, that makes you the person that you are. So it's our daily habits, our daily steps, our, um, our everyday choices, our daily choices that add up to be the sum of the person that we are. And so that's what I really want you to take from this is, um, thinking about your strategy, your health strategy. What are the things that you put in place? What are the um, kind of the core values, the core beliefs um, that you put into place that you employ to get to where you want to be. So I hope that was helpful for you. Um, I think that just getting you to consider that and giving you kind of where what I do and just because it's what I do doesn't mean it's the right choice for you. Um, again, you have to do something that you can do consistently. Um, that, that is sustainable for you, right? So um, thanks again for being here. I love sharing this time with you. Um, as always, my goal is to get you to think about um, your health and your wellness and, and God on a, a daily basis. Um, here, we're on a weekly basis, but the more that you can fill your mind with the Lord and the more that you can fill your body with the healthy things he provides and oh, you're just going to amp up your life in such a beautiful and great way. So I will leave, leave you with that. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week. Talk to you next time. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.